welcome to Popcorn for One, your fortnightly film podcast where we review some classic and not so classic films for you all to enjoy. We also discuss everything that goes on in between, some stand and fandom life, and we just generally chat about movies because you know what? That's what makes us happy. Cinema Club 2023 is here and we are here for it. Wednesday, 24th of May, 2023. Welcome to Popcorn for One, your fortnightly film podcast. Besties, how's your fortnight been? Feels like it's been forever, but it also feels like it's been no time at all. Yeah, obviously means I've been doing something good somewhere. (laughs) This is probably going to be a short episode this week, so let's crack on and tell you what's going down. We are going to talk what I've watched in the last fortnight. We're then going to talk about what you've watched in the last fortnight. And then we're going to have our big review of the fortnight. I know. Yeah. It's going to be short. It's been a while since it's been a short one. But stuff's not gone down. And I know that probably the next episode, stuff will. Because we'll need to have a discussion about something. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk about Canvas episode. But someone didn't show up because the graduation was much more important. Which, let's be honest... It actually is. Family and friends are much more important than going on a press day. Yeah. Anyhow, let's crack on and let's have a fantastic little short episode. Hopefully. (laughs) You never know. It's me. I go off on a tangent. (laughs) Hee hee. It is time to look at what you've all been watching in the last fortnight at home and at the cinema. Yeah, it's been an interesting one, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Let's start off your home viewing, shall we? Um, obviously, you all watched Eurovision. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's interesting that you all watched that, because let's be honest, it was a cultural moment, and it was very fun. You watched Eurovision, and you watched all the semi-finals. That's why I thought I was going to have less films to review this fortnight. And then turns out, I haven't. I've still been a film buff watched as many as possible uh-oh oh well anyhow um for the week starts for the week um where the chart is the 10th of may avatar way of water remained number one it's been there now for five weeks ant-man and the wasp quantum mania stayed at two june part one leapt up to three puss in boots last wish was at seven lamborghini the man behind the legend was at five plane was at six there was a new entry for creed three at seven top gun maverick was at eight black adam was at nine and megan dropped to ten um mrs harris goes to paris and whitney houston i want to dance with somebody were the two films that leapt the highest up the chart in the fortnight um very nicely the unbearable weight of massive talent suddenly appeared at number 35 in the chart happy days love for harry g and nick cage obviously but more harry g so that was good to see that week for the week of the 17th of May, we had a new entry at number one in the film Home Watching chart. And it was Scream 6. Hmm. Now, I'm sure Scream 6 only came out like two weeks ago in the cinema. So, this is my problem because I see what films are on at the cinema and they go on for loads of time. I scan sit with like, oh, well, that's still going. That's fine. And uh, then I suddenly think, hang on, why is that in the home chart? Oh, okay. 
So yeah, that was at number one. Avatar Way of Water was at two. Puss in Boots Last Wish was at three. Creed Free was at four. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was at five. June Part 1 was at 6, Lamborghini was at 7, Downton Abbey of New Era leapt up the chart to 8, Fast and Furious 9 also leapt up the chart to 9, which is obvious as to why that's the case, and Top Gun Maverick was at 10. Uh, Book Club was a re-entry and so was The Meg with Inside the Top 20 because both of those films have sequels coming out soon and I've had new trainers. In fact, I think Book Club is now actually out. Um, also, there was the um, Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick um, re-entered the chart as an overall um, box set. So that's interesting to see if that was the case there. Now we are on to your cinema viewing for the last fortnight. We all know what was going to be number one. I mentioned it when I did for the last time I did this part of the podcast. The question was, how much money did it make in that opening week? I remember, it came out on a Wednesday. It didn't come out on a Friday. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, Week 1, took £12 million. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not much else came out that same week to give it competition, but yeah. Good on it. Super Mario Bros. was at 2, and that took £1.3 Evil Dead Rise took 490000 at 3. The Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry took 336000 at 4. John Wick Chapter 4 took 195,000 at 5. Dungeons and Dragons took 170,000 at 6. Air took 151,000 at 7. Ponyan Selvan 2, mispronounced it, my bad, took £88,510 at 8. Jodie took £88,045 at 9. And Return to Seoul took £75,273 at 10. Missing took six hundred seventy six thousand seven no sixty seven thousand six hundred eighty seven at eleven mainly because I love talking about missing because it's one of my favorite films. Yeah, there was a re-entry for Paddington. It was on at five cinemas. It took over three grand. It entered the chart at number seventy four. Good on it. Happy days. Not Paddington two though. Paddington two is incredible. Yeah, some of you've just quoted that. Well done. So then we get to the weekend of the 12th to the 14th of May. Did it keep going? Yes, it did. Guardians of the Galaxy took £5.3 million for its second weekend. Super Mario Bros. was in second place, taking 800000 Love, again, the new, the big new entry of the week took 340000 at three. Book Club, the next chapter, took 299000 at four. Evil Dead Rise took 258000 at five. 2018 took 242,000 at six. The live version of Eurovision Grand Final, which I was shown at views, took 237,000. Well done on that. The Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry took 179,000 at eight. John Wick Chapter Four took 121,000 at nine. And Dungeons and Dragons took 99,000 at ten. There was a re-release in 84 cinemas of The Dark Knight that week, which is interesting to see. And that took £19,000. Why was no one doing this near me? I'd have so gone to have seen that in the cinema. I mean, I have watched The Dark Knight recently again, but, you know, why not? It's a brilliant film. Also, there was Batman Begins in nine cinemas, and that took... That took £3,000. Good on it. Why is this not happening near me? 
I'm upset about that. I want to see more of these kind of films. So why isn't that happening? I'm not happy about that. So you've all been watching Scream 6, Avatar, Puss in Boots, June, and The Guardians of the Galaxy. There's been nothing in between at all. <laughs> Maybe a bit of Super Mario Bros. if you've still got little kids. But other than that, that's what you've been watching. You've all been going, hey, hey. But this is the way that you've got to watch it, isn't it? Yeah. So that's what you've all watched in the last fortnight. Hopefully there's some stuff there that you are interested in. I mean, I hope so. It is what you've all been watching after all. <laughs> it's time for the rundown. There are 13 films in total this fortnight. And one of them will be big review. So let's just crack on, shall we? Um, being the UK, lots of bank holidays still. Yep. We got a king. We got coronated. And that was the week before, but it meant that we got the Monday off. So on that Monday off, I was sitting there and I was just flicking the channels and I was looking for something just to have on as a background. And on Channel 5, they had the Peanuts movie, the Snoopy Charlie Brown film. And I sat here and I went, well, I probably won't pay much attention to it. I've watched it before. I'll just leave it on as some background noise. And I actually stopped what I was doing at one point because I was like, I don't remember this bit and watched it. It's alright, um, it's not the best animated thing, but it stays true to the Snoopy and Peanuts and Charlie Brown originals. Um, it is weird that there's basically three stories going on at the exact same time, um, but the kite flying is pretty cool, and I like Snoopy. Snoopy's always quite sweet and quite cool, so yeah. Snoopy and Woodstock, I used to have the best pyjamas with Snoopy on. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I digress. Tangent! Uh -huh. Um, so this week was actually a weird week because um, it was Eurovision um, this week so that meant there was semi-finals on Tuesday and Thursday plus the final on Friday which meant a bit less film watching and my sister moved house in the middle of it all so there was stuff going on all over the place but if you're going to watch Eurovision there's only one thing you can watch and that's to watch the Eurovision film Play yeah, yeah, ding dong. Play yeah, yeah, ding dong. Yeah, yeah, ding dong, ding dong. Um, Dan Stevens does not get the love he deserves for his role in that film. It's absolutely, ah, oh my god, it's phenomenal. It's so good. Um, the songs are all really catchy, and they do get a few things that are that they do with Eurovision, which are actually wrong in the film, but. I'm willing to overlook that because I always have a good old giggle when we do Double Trouble and, oh, yeah. And now we've hosted it as well. I know we have hosted it before in my lifetime, but I was like, what, seven, eight maybe? But, yeah. No, it's still good fun. It really is. I then went back to the cinema to watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 again and was busy ticking off all of the James Gunn Easter eggs and all of the little bits that were missing and all the cameos and all the things like that and picking up on the things that I'd read online. And I sat there and I was like, I'll be fine. It's okay. I've seen this film before. Um, it'll be all right. And then it gets to one bit in particular and I sat there and I blubbed. Oh, did I cry. And it hurt. I was so much so that when I got home, someone else had posted something nice to me. And I had a bit of a rubbish week that week. My mental health was really quite down. 
Um, and someone said, you need to write and you need to put that out there. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And, um, and someone else said something nice. And just like, this has topped me off today. That's it. I can't do dinner with this anymore. I'm just going to go hide. But please remember people to say that it's okay not to be okay. And talk if you need to or not when you get the time to do it. But do it because you are you and you know yourself better than anyone else. Anyhow, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is the perfect send-off. Um, when we sit here now and talk about the greatest trilogies of all time, do we now go the Godfather trilogy, the Nolan and Dark Knight trilogy, and the Guardians trilogy? Because I think we do, because Toy Story mucked it up by having a fourth. Yeah. Disney way money. Boo to them. Anyhow, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Sublime. Um, and then I was just having a flick of the watch list and I was busy going, well, what can I watch? I was in this bit of a sci-fi mood. I tend to feel that on a Friday night at the moment, which is cool. Um, and I found Elysium. And I'd only ever watched part of Elysium, like, about five years ago and never ever bothered to catch up with it again but obviously it's a Matt Damon film I should do because I love Matt Damon and I watched Elysium and it's not a very good film um and then Diego Luna's in it that was like hang on I mean if you've not seen it spoilers he turns up about 15 minutes in and he's dead before um 15 minutes in the film okay I get the point that everyone shouldn't have access to free healthcare. That was the whole point of it, which is very clever. Um, but to go for all of that and the way that they were treated and the way that actually everyone was just as bad as everyone else was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, no one was exactly a nice person in that film. Um, the only nice person was the child that was dying, but let's be honest, um, their mum was still a bit like, oh, I'm not sure I can deal with that. So, yeah. Then when that film finished, I was just flicking through channels to have something as background noise, and I thought, well, I'll just put on the end of a film, and then The Incredible Hulk started afterwards. Um, it's not the best Marvel film. It's one of the lower-tiered ones. It it filled a gap in my Friday night, if I'm honest. It was just like, yeah, we'll put this on every now and then. I put looked up and went, oh, oh okay. I'm watching um, the, old, the guy from Reservoir Dogs. Oh, I can never remember what his name. What's his name? I'm gonna try not to click on it. What is his name? What is his name? It, it's Tim Roth. It's Tim Roth. <laughs> yeah, he was good as abomination, but the CGI was bad, and breaking Harlem. Yeah. Then um. I watched High Rise with the Girls on Sunday night. That was pretty cool watching tom hiddleston again well, i think we've seen this twice this year now that's part of our watch along we've done a few more six serpents as well um i still can't get my head around for that angelos ramley appears halfway through so it's like what's in your bag angelos tell us what's in your bag and if you're british you completed that song and you just swore well i'm um, but it is an interesting way of showing the 60s with a future dystopia, which everything falls apart. So, yeah. Ah, we all eat horses, don't we? And we all end up weird. I still like the book over it. I'm not going to lie. When I read that book, um, I got about halfway through it, and I, we were in a Sunday swap character perspective. I was like, 
oh, this is interesting. This is odd. And then something else happens. Like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... Whoa. And yeah, that changed my opinion on it quite a bit. I was like, yeah, this, this is a good book. Yeah. I prefer the book to the film. So I was interested to see how we do it in the film. I was be like, mm, oh, okay. Fine. Then... The Bondathon continued, obviously, we, a couple of weeks. I've watched a lot of Bond. I did Brosnan quite quickly. Um, we're now up to Daniel Craig. And it was time for Quantum of Solace, which I'd only seen twice. I saw it, like, when it came out on DVD, because we didn't go and see it in cinema. And I've seen it once all the way through since after that. And I remember at the time, it was absolutely slated, and everyone went, why have they made this a Bond film? Why have they done this? Uh, I am going to stick my neck on the line here. This is Daniel Craig's third best Bond film. 100%. (laughs) It's... We will have a full-on discussion when um, the Bondathon is done and how I feel about it all with all of the Craig films and how I think they should be perceived. Um, We'll also talk about which ones of Brosnan's are classics in that order as well because they're now all over 20 years old so we can talk about um but no quantum of solace is by f- uh, yeah you know what no i'm just gonna move on because i'm hoping that next time i speak to you we're there i hope i've done bond and finished it and then we can chat about all of it because i quite like it all to be done before the end of june well, that only gives me a few days. Oh, I need to watch Bond. I shouldn't have. <sighs> now, you see, I'm going to go off on tangent here. This is why I shouldn't digress. I should have recorded this yesterday when I got home from cinema, but I didn't because I found Independence Day on TV and I sat here and I watched that and I thought, well, you know what, I'll watch this and I'll do that and da da and just, I forgot. And now I'm sitting here on Tuesday night finishing off this podcast and now I'm sitting there busy going like, Oh, I should have planned this and we should have done that. And I could have watched Bond tonight if I hadn't recorded. <sighs> yeah. I'll still get through Bond before we get to the six months of the year, though. I think that's still quicker than WMCU last year. Maybe. I'm not sure. Anyhow. I'm digressing. I'm going off on a tangent. My bad. We will get to Quantum of Solace when we do the Bondathon properly. Okay? When we review it all. Valentin Sinan, I saw Love Again, which is a film about... Um, Girl, girl's partner, tragic accident happens. She starts texting him to get over her grief, but someone else has been reallocated that phone number and they don't know how to reply or not. And then they actually meet in real life as a meet-cute and you see how their relationship grows and it's whether he tells her or not about the love. Celine Dion was a very random thing to put in there. Russell Tovey was a surprise. That was nice. I quite liked that. Um, but the end was far too cliche and I have written better chemistry in something that's taken me an hour to write than that film, which is saying a lot. My bad. Sorry, movie. Then I was just flicking the channels uh, while having dinner and I saw that The Living Daylights was on, so I watched The Living Daylights. I've already talked about The Living Daylights. We will be discussing this in the Bondathon review and yeah it i love dalton as bond you all know that you've all heard me talk about that for the last few weeks and you'll hear me talk about it a lot more then i went to my parents we've had a lot of football recently we're going on a european adventure <laughs> well not me personally but my football club who about 
25 years ago on the brink of extinction extinction and not actually being in the football league at all not having a ground and it all falling apart i have just qualified for the europa league and the premier league and we're all just sitting there going like this is crazy however as this happened it's insane but we're all so proud of our boys but we've also had a lot of games on tv and there's been a lot of games in hand so i've been at my parents watching an awful lot of brighton um but that does mean i can flick sky cinema and watch whatever film i want when i get there so I watched Shrek 2. It's not as good as Shrek, but it's still hilarious. And the jokes are still ha oh. oh even my mum at one point was like, hang on, wait, I wanna watch that a bit, pause it. Like, okay, because she was cooking dinner at the same time, so that was cool. Then I was going through my parents' prime and I was looking for a film for Friday night and I was busy going through it again. I was kind of like, why is that on there? Don't want to watch this, don't watch that. Da, da, da. And I found Memory, which was a Liam Neeson action film, which also had my mate Guy Pearce in it as the secondary lead. Um, it was all right. No, it wasn't all right. Guy Pearce was all right. Let's just say that. Guy Pearce was all right. Liam Neeson was doing shoot him up by numbers because that's what he does now in films. He just gets on with it and kills people. Um, it was explained what was going on with his memory, but it wasn't. And I liked that everything was linked. But other than that, um, everything then just felt a little bit weird. And it ended quite abruptly as well. I get why they did what they did, but it was still a bit like, okay. I'm going to say you watch this if you're a Guy Pearce fan, and that's the only reason you watch it. The rest of it is a waste of time. <laughs> there was one called F, and I was like, yeah, that'll do. That's pretty darn... Yeah, I like that. But other than that... Yeah, that can stay on Prime, sorry to say. Then I went to the cinema on a Saturday afternoon. I know, what the hell? I don't do Saturday cinema, Ever. Not in the afternoon, anyhow. Unless it's like 10.30am, I don't do Saturday cinema. Um, but I did, because I wanted to go and see um, View is Afraid, which is a new Joaquin Phoenix film. Um, didn't realise until I sat down in the cinema that it was three hours long when I was checking Letterboxd. And I was like, I'm sorry, you're 178 minutes long. Okay. Um, also, didn't know much about it. I've heard lots of people talking about that, ah, oh, the new Ari Aster's got this and it's got that in it. I was like, I don't want to hear it. I'd actually quite like to see it because, you know, it's Joaquin Phoenix doing his thing, being weird. So I thought I'd just be like, oh, okay. Was it a three-hour cry for help for anxiety? Was it a dream? Was it just really sad and depressing? What happened at the end? Is someone dead? Are they not dead? What went on there? There was a bit of a fiesta, which was a bit random, which I really liked halfway through. I was like, yeah, okay. There was a bit of a flash forward that was good. But I ultimately left the cinema going like, well, what have I actually watched? Was What was the point of that? Because I didn't actually get a life lesson from it other than... Um, make sure that you've got some water in a bottle <laughs> in case your water runs out somewhere. That's the only thing. And I do that anyhow. I always have a water bottle. <sighs> do you want to know what I got out of it? We got about 40 minutes in and something happens and he's put in someone's house and they're looking after him. And when this happens, 
and one of the people that's looking after him is revealed to be Nathan Lane. Now, as a millennial, when Nathan Lane turns up, you smile. Because you automatically think of Simone and you automatically think of the mouse hunt. And then the producers, you just go, yeah. And also for me, Sex and Sea. I know it was only in one episode of Sex and Sea, but yeah. You just feel happy when he turns up. Like, yeah, it's Nathan Lane. Even if he's weird and odd in this film, you do. You just smile. I'm not sure what I spent three hours of my life watching. It's nearly been a week now, and I'm still not sure, because obviously that was Saturday, it's now Tuesday night, and I'm sitting there busy going, mm. but I get why people get it, but I think it's a bit too self-indulgent. And then on Sunday night, we're going to break with tradition. What I watched on Sunday night is my big review of Fortnite. And we will get to that in a few minutes' time. That's it. That's the rundown. Happy days. Hope you found something there that you want to watch. Although it's probably Guardians of the Galaxy, Eurovision, or The Living Daylights, because, let's be honest, everything else was a little bit weird this Fortnite, wasn't it? Yeah. I have such an odd movie taste, people. I'm sorry, but, yeah, this is the way. But it all goes, on not it? Yeah. It is time for this fortnight's big review. Usually, on this podcast, the big review is a trip to the cinema. It is. Or it's something that I've watched, which is brand new on Prime or Netflix or something like that. Which has come out like within a week, because I think actually we should talk about that. But it's not. I didn't, I'd already spent a long time last time talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. And you also can't talk about Guardians of the Galaxy without spoiling it for people. And I didn't think that the other films that I'd seen in the cinema this week deserved the full treatment. Uh, I didn't think that the new movies that I watched on streaming services deserved it either, even if it was to moan about them, because I didn't think they deserved any more time than what I gave them in my initial rundown. So I sat here on a Sunday morning and you know how your phone comes up with what are your memories from this day? And I just clicked on it and I scrolled through it and it got to two years ago and I was like, you watched this film two years ago? Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes I just watched that film anyhow. But I looked at it last year and it said, you watched this film one year ago? I was like, did I coincidentally do that or was I not realising... And I've been hankering to watch this film a little bit recently. A couple of things have happened and I thought, I need to watch it again. I need to just fully immerse myself in that. So it got to Sunday night and I sat down and I finished my dinner and I opened a glass of wine and I went, let's put the Blu-ray on. And I sat here and I watched the greatest movie ever made. I watched Inception. <laughs> I mean, I think that could possibly do the review. Because there is not much to say about Inception other than the fact that it is the greatest film ever made. If anything ever beats it, I'm going to have to get another tattoo. <sighs> it's the fact there is no villain. It's the fact it's so well made... It's the fact that everyone acts superbly. It's the fact that 
Arthur is literally just there to spout exposition. He's not a character. He is your walking, talking story. Um, and that is why Eames doesn't get on with him at all, because Eames just goes, whatever, and Arthur's just like, no, I've got to tell this. And he's like, no, 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 we're just doing it. What do you, you know, he's his counter-production. Um, I've always noticed it, but I probably had a laugh this time um, when Saito said, I bought the airline. It seemed the right thing to do. I was like, of course you buy an airline to make sure that someone um, gets back. Um, get You can complete Inception. It's just... Oh. Even Marion Contiard's more is just like... Oh. She's not the villain because the actual person was lovely and he's trapped her in memories and he regrets it. And that's why she's so mean because he, he regrets it so she regrets everything. And it's just... Oh. And I just sit here and I'm just so happy. When time starts, when he goes, come back to me and we go through that final five minutes... Of him going home. Oh, it's goosebumps every time. I'm so glad I got to actually go and see this. Re- when all the lockdowns were lifting up. Start of the first one. I got to see it on the big screen for the 10th anniversary. Because. Oh, it's special. It really is. I know. That Christopher Nolan is not everyone's thing. I completely get that. I really do. But I was sitting here, I was sitting at my parents recently and we were busy talking about films and something like that and my mum sat there and she just randomly went, I think The Dark Knight Rises is my favourite movie of all time. I was like, so what? Like, yeah, I think, I'm like, whoa, 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 not even The Dark Knight. She's like, no, The Dark Knight Rises because it's so clever how it links it all and it brings in the other two and it's just got a... I was like, oh, well, actually, most people say that that's their least favourite of all of them. But I mean... There is no bad film in the Dark Knight trilogy. Christopher Nolan made a fantastic trilogy. I was like, whoa, mum, really? Wow. was not expecting that. I was expecting to say, like, Notting Hill was out. She's one of these people much like... I'm going to quote Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. It depends on your mood and the seasons as to what your favourite films are. Paddington 2. <laughs> you know, that's how it goes. But, no... She sat there and went about and was like, oh, okay. So I think she finally gets what in and I trust. She doesn't like she doesn't like the weird stuff. The Interstellar and Tenet. Ah. She liked Dunkirk. And I think she's not gonna sit in the cinema for three hours to watch it, but I think she'll enjoy Oppenheimer when that comes out. I think she will. I hope she does. <laughs> um that's what I'm counting down for now, Oppenheimer. No offence, Little Mermaid. I know you're Friday. <sighs> My inner three-year-old is going absolutely crazy when I'm saying Little Mermaid on Friday. I digress. Tangent! Um, but, yeah, Oppenheimer's the one for watching this year. But there is everything right with Inception. It's from the fact that they, knew, they knew that they were going to hurt and break everything if they used too many water cannons. So that they decided, well, actually, we'll just have them gradually grow and make a wave so that then it's only two that are hitting DiCaprio in that final shot. Um, the fact that the music is the countdown and it's no regrets, um, Living on Rose, um, which obviously Marion Cotillard won the Oscar for, um, which is hilarious. But one of my favourite things in this film, and it's a little nod, um, there's a point at the end 
if you've not seen Inception, I'm about to spoil it for you. They get um, Robert Fisher, Killian Murphy's character, into the safe room and he has his reconciliation with his father and he goes, no, I'm disappointed that you tried. And he opens the safe and you see and Tom Hardy's Eames is the only person left alive in this level because everyone else is either in limbo or is on a previous level or is already dead. Um, and he stands there and he holds the little detonator button and he clicks it and he watches Killian Murphy type in the code... Five two eight four nine one, and he gets out of that little spinning top, and his dad has passed away in his dream because his dad's passed away in real life already, and he has his moment of reconciliation with his dad, and it's just the little nod on Tom Hardy's face before he hits the kaboom button, where he goes like, "We did it, we completed the inception," and he literally just slowly presses that button. You can't see it, but I've literally just mined that slow click. And it goes, ping! And with that, everything starts collapsing. But it's that little nod of, uh, yeah, we've done this. Cobb will be proud that we did it. Thank God. Let's go. It's so clever. I also like the fact that when they're all asleep in all the different levels of the dream, because they're not dead and they're asleep, and, you know, you still have some residual movement when you sleep, don't you? You know, I know some people probably flash about in their sleep, but you have some residual movement. They just, there's bits where it's just like, oh, suddenly that person's hand mo- has moved. Well, yeah, because it would do. <laughs> uh. And you're waiting on a train. A train take you far away. My problem is, I can quote Inception. I probably never need to watch Inception ever again. I will do. Don't worry. It's my favourite film of all time. I'm going to watch it constantly. But there's so many little lines in it where it's just like, okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I can use that. And obviously the infamous one is, you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. And Tom Hardy produces that huge gun, blows the shit out of whatever it is. And Eames gets going, after Joseph Gordon-Levitt goes, Fair enough. <laughs> it's so good. And that van, the slow-mo of that van falling into the water. Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh. Because it does take forever. I've never actually done the bit where the van goes through the barrier hit or hit the recorder. Um, a timer to see how long it is before they then wake up, whether it is for 20 minutes. I don't think it is, because then they get a limbo and that adds more time to it. I think it's longer. But Nolan is a stickler for getting that the correct amount of time, of being about 20 minutes or something like that. Because, you know, I've watched The Dark Knight Rises and suddenly you sit in there and go, hmm, yeah, that is that correct time. Well done. <laughs> and obviously there is the discussion about the end of the film. Which has now been answered, and I've mentioned this before on here, but um, my sister went to go and see it at Somerset House, um, and I couldn't go because um, I didn't book tickets initially, and then our opening day of the season got moved, and I was like, oh, I can go and watch um, Inception, and they'd all sold out, and Michael Caine was there talking about filming and introducing it, and again, if you've not watched Inception, about to spoil it for you. Um, he sits there and goes... Every scene that I'm in, he's awake. It's just like, ah. Oh. I was like, my entire life's a lie. Because I firmly believe that he's asleep at the end because he's happy. That's why he doesn't want to look at the totem. Because he knows it's not his totem. 
and he knows that he's happy in whatever reality he's now left in. Be it he's stuck in limbo with those kids, or he's in the real world. And when Michael Caine said that, I'm still sent that link at least once a month by people. When it happened, because my sister um actually... It was one of like, the first times we ever FaceTimed. She said, oh, my God, you need to watch this. And she was, like, holding her phone up here. And going, like, it's Michael Caine. And then she did that. And then she called me on the way home. And she going, like, everything we've both ever said about Inception is a lie at the end. Like, I know. It's horrendous. So I was always team he's asleep. But if he's awake, that's fine as well. But that's why Nolan makes a good film. And if I ever meet you, Christopher Nolan, I will just hug you and thank you. Because you have made the coolest film ever. It's spectacular. It's got a brilliant story. The score's fantastic. Everyone acts their asses off. Um, it's a heist movie. It's an action movie. It's sci-fi. It's character-driven. It's emotionally driven. And I've not even talked about the bloody mirror. When she moved, when she's in Paris. Well, when she's in a dream and she's actually in Paris and she does that mirror um, to create that bridge, that is beautiful cinematography. When they came up with the idea for that, extra bonus for them. I know that person's... Well, it's probably Christopher Nolan or his main cinematographer, but whoever came up with that idea, splendid, phenomenal and some of the best cinematography in the world. (sighs) I love Inception. And I think me talking about it now for nearly 13 minutes proves a point. This was only going to be five minutes. You don't get this long when I do a normal big review. You should all be grateful. (laughs) Ah, yeah. If you don't love Inception, I feel very sorry for you. I pity you. But I really do all hope you have. If not, you've just heard me rant and go on about loving it forever. So, yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my spinning top. Well, I have a spinning top. My mum got me, my parents got me a spinning top and a red dice from the film a couple of years ago for my birthday. And I'm looking down at my foot and I can see my Inception tattoo. I'm just like... (sighs) And it does treat you a valuable life lesson. lesson. But you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. It's just stunning... And it is the greatest movie ever made. And if anything ever does beat that, I am going to need new ink. And it's going to have to be one hell of a film. It really, really is. Because when I did my um, birthday podcast a couple of months ago for the podcast and the blog, I sat there and I told you my top ten films. And as much as my top three haven't changed in years... There is a big jump from Moon to The Departed. And then it's The Departed and uh, The Born Ultimatum are pretty close together. But then there is a massive jump from The Born Ultimatum to Inception as to what my favourite film is. So not only is a film going to have to get into the top five, which films try, and then they leave back out. Sorry, Jojo. But not only is a film going to have to get into the top five, but it's going to have to be better then The Departed and The Born Ultimatum. And then it's got to be equal to Inception. And then it's got to be better. And I'm not sure a film's ever going to have a chance to do it. I know I'm probably now setting my ways in the fact that I'm a 
inception to vote and Nolan I trust. But <sighs> it's it's bloody phenomenal. And I love it. Christopher Nolan, you bastard. You bastard for making such an a fantastic, amazing, stunningly beautiful, thought provoking, amazing movie. And if you've not got from the last 15 minutes that I love Inception, I feel sorry for you because, yeah, I adore it. (sighs) Was not meant to talk about that for 15 minutes. That was going to be eight minutes and be done and dusted. But oh, no, 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 no. I've gone off on one. You love it, though. You really do. And that is that for this fortnight's episode of the podcast. Thank you all for listening. It's always really appreciated that you give up a little bit of your time to listen to me chat to you about films and what's been going on. Uh, The next episode will be on June 7th, which will be fun and will be interesting, will be very cool. But until then, you know exactly where to find me. It is popcorn underscore four underscore one on Twitter, Instagram and letterboxed and it's popcornforone.co.uk for the actual blog in its entirety which as you'll have seen over the last few days i've added to quite a lot but until then look after yourselves be good to one another and the rest will take care of itself and i will see you all in fortnight's time on the 7th of june take care besties bye